welcome to a very special episode of Black Boy Joy with me, Ainsley. And me, Kieran. Yes, it's, um, it's special because we are both quarantined in our own homes, like chatting yeah. via the Zoom app. We are recording remotely. I'm up in Newcastle, Ainsley's in London. We're back down here in London, so <laughs> no, we've got a podcast to run, we've got, uh, we've got things to talk about, so... Well, exactly. We're being uh, responsible citizens. Yes, responsible we're doing adults. Our, <laughs> we're doing our bit for the uh, coronavirus efforts and uh, <laughs> to be honest social with distancing. You, no, like, uh-huh. I have not been... I'd like, I've not been doing my bit for coronavirus. <laughs> despicable, despicable. <laughs> I've, been I've, um, I've been seeing people, I've been to pubs. Yeah, you know that's that's oh my goodness. That's (laughs) I think I feel like from watching the news and spending a lot of time on Twitter and talking to people out and about, I feel like people don't realize how contagious it is. Mm -hmm. And the main issue is that it's super contagious and that you don't show symptoms for a very long time. Yeah, so obviously, it's not say you've had or anything, but I think people will spread it for literally seven days and not even not even feel anything. Yeah. And you contact those people. Um, so I'm glad that. So we're on Saturday the 21st. Yeah. 21st. Yeah, I think yeah. yesterday when the government's finally shut down pubs, bars, clubs, gyms. A few are taking it on themselves to do it, to do it already. But um, it's what's needed. It's just very, it's, it's just a very difficult situation because people will. I'm. Social distancing is fine for me. Like, well, it's, absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely fine for me. But like. <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, need to get out of the house every day, you know, to sort of feel sane and whatnot and, and see people face to face and interact and stuff. And that's what's going to be really difficult for the foreseeable. Yeah. I, so, um, like, Boris Johnson, I think it was yesterday, he did, like, a press conference being, like, we're shutting down pubs and restaurants because people won't stop going to them. I'm one of those people, basically, so I... Exactly. <laughs> So Boris did what he had to do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I went, yeah, so we went, I went, yeah, I went out twice. I went one out yesterday, like, after they announced that it was going to close. Mm-hmm. We went to, like, an all-bar one in the city. And, like, after, like, we got there at, like, seven. And they were, like, at eight o'clock, like, everybody has to leave because, like, we're, we're closing down for the quarantine. And mm-hmm. the day before that, and I think even, no, yeah, and the day before that, I just went to a pub everything which gosh it's like it's bad i feel like it is actually very bad i think this is one of the rare situations that i'm lecturing you about <laughs> carrying on <laughs> it is like today was it from carry on i was gonna say like today like i've i've stuck to the quarantine so i mean i've stuck to, you know, i've only been i've been out we've only been out to, like get shopping i haven't like mm-hmm. done anything like so like non-essential in inverted commas Mm-hmm. So it's from yeah. It was from Monday when he, you know, started saying that we need to be social distancing. I think they gave it a few days because in these daily press conferences that they're having, I think they were saying that you know they were going to leave it to people to take their advice, but then the pattern now just being like, you know, you have to close. It's strange mm-hmm. as well because it's. I think we're all finding ourselves in a position where we're trying to not feel like we're scaremongering, but at the same time, we need to be realistic and aware of what could come. Yeah. Um, 
and I've seen a few on again on Twitter. I've seen a few um, people pub like post graphs and like tables yeah. showing that we're kind of so far our like rates. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the number of cases and confirmed deaths every day. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's pretty much proportional to Italy's when they were at this stage as well. So oh, really, it's rising at the same rate. Oh um, lord! Yes, the last stat I saw was 177, but it was comparable to Italy on the same on their equivalent day. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, I think the issue is that, well, when things get really bad, it's going to be a lack of uh, ICUs, intensive care units, the same, and like, um, is it what's it called? It's called a respirator, not a respirator, a ventilator. Ventilator. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. they're trying to get them new ones built. And stuff, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just made it's the biggest cause. Well, the, the biggest fear is just how contagious it is. So, a lot of people catch it, most will recover, but the number that won't recover is a, it's a small percentage, but it's still a big number anyway, just because, yeah, how, how widespread the disease, disease will be. Yeah, and it's like we're not trying to be all doom and gloom, but we have to have happy aware of what, what may happen and what could come. Yeah, it's gonna go on for quite a while. I think about a I, month ago, I about a month ago, I thought, oh, it'll be like two, three months maximum, but nobody knows now. I was, see, I wasn't even thinking that. Then I've just been such denial about this whole thing. I was thinking like in two weeks, like uh, bosses will still be running, schools will be open again. Nah, in fact, I think it seems like the other countries, like in Europe, like France, Spain, Italy, um, and also China, they've been looking at us in the UK, thinking, what are you lot playing at? Because they kind of they brought in their tough measures much more quickly than we did. Mm-hmm. And it is, again, it's going back to that period, that incubation period of the virus where you will have it for a long time and not show symptoms. In yeah. which case, and, and during yeah. which time people will just be spreading it everywhere. Yeah, um, it's true. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're homeworking now, are you? It's really weird with me, actually. So I'm working from home where possible, but the job that I do, I'm expected to be like out and about. Hmm. So where I can, like what, like when I would be doing work in the office, I'm staying at home. But when I would usually be expected to like be out and about, like uh, on the field, then I'm doing that. So yeah, it's like a mixture of the two, kind of. What about yeah. you? Like, are you working from home, or what's what's going on? It's a weird one where I am because at the bank I work at, our department is not it's not like a frontline essential part of the business. Mm-hmm. So. I think if if they wanted to, they could let us work at home, but it's, they're not going to provide like the um, the equipment for people to work at home, like for our, our department. Right. Um, I think they'll be looking to do that for people who are like affected. You know, people who deal with day to day banking, that essential service people need. I think mm-hmm. they're going to get taken care of ourselves. The, the building's open for now. Obviously, if people have been showing any kind of symptoms, they've just been sending them home. Mm-hmm. Um, also, people can choose to not come in if they don't need to self-isolate, of course. Yeah. But for now, I mean, I don't feel as at risk because I work nights and there's less people in the building. But, of course, I'm going into work. And not with my desk-wise, mind you. Go with my, my, my Dettol spray, spray um, <laughs> bottle. As soon as I walk in there, spray, I spray down my workstation and wipe it with them. Um, why with tissue? Because it, it's, um, a few of us have, like, shared workstations. So I don't know who's be sitting on them in the daytime. Yeah. Um, Obviously, every time I touch a door handle, I'm very apprehensive. I oh. try and avoid touching door handles. I'm washing my hands all the time. 
Um, the one thing I have been doing, I've been eating food at my desk, but that's after I've washed the state. That's, that's after I've cleaned the station and washed my hands. Even even that thing, I shouldn't be like eating anything um, mm-hmm. like while in that environment. For the past few weeks, my routine has been just in, in the flat all day. In the evening, I go to work and then I go to the supermarket on the way home. 24 hour supermarkets have, have um, been the last 24 hours now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is annoying for a hermit like me because even norm, in normal conditions, I usually go shopping overnight just because it's just less busy. Yeah. So now, if I want to, go, if I want to go shopping, I've got to rub shoulders with the unwashed masses and <laughs> during these times, <laughs> I'd rather not do that. But um, now we'll see. We'll see. Um, but work is open for now. I don't know if if that's going to change. I'm just trying to stay as safe as I can. Uh, I met with some friends last Sunday. There was like four of us in someone's flat. Apart from that, all the socialising has been online, or I guess the few people see it work face to face, but. We need, I think everyone needs to just tighten down now because yeah. it's, it's no joke. Right? But you haven't been though, like you haven't been like out and about like the city centre in Newcastle or anything. No, no. Um, I think because where I live now, I've, I've lived here for about two two months now. Um, whereas before I was much more central. So if I have to go to centre, it's, it's a proper effort anyway. So that it's probably worked out for the best. But now it's just um, if I, if I leave, I'm just going straight in my car half the time. Um, right. To, yeah. To go just for basis to go to work and go to supermarket and then back here. Yeah. Um, I think if it gets to a stage where we're going to be on lockdown, people can leave the house to go shopping for food supplies, and you can like you can walk the dog or go um, like exercise around the area. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what they're going to be like with like going to parks and stuff because I'm thinking surely you can go outside but just don't go near anyone. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to like walk to the park, for example, mm-hmm. and as long as I'm with a contact, I would I would hope that would be okay. Um, but surely the the way the government's moving now, it seems like they're, they're introducing measures bit by bit. So this must be leading towards a complete lockdown, surely. But who knows? I, yeah. Um, I've got a friend actually who is Italian, mm-hmm. and he's like obviously like completely locked down, and that's pretty much like the measures that they've got going on there so where he's from and they've only just started getting cases of coronavirus like only just now and mm. um but before even before then like he was completely locked down like he was able to go to work and you had to like you have to like get a note basically explaining where you're going from mm. your employer so they know like where you're going and not just like out on the street for no reason so they are like really yeah. really like really clamping down on it like if you yeah. don't have a reason to be outside, you can't be outside, basically. They were the first country outside of China to do that, I believe. Actually, no, I'll tell you that. South Korea might have done it at some point. But um, that was from two Mondays ago, 9th of March. I think that was because my mate, one of my mates here is Italian as well. Mm-hmm. He, he works for a big company and they've all been sent home with the laptops and stuff. And I think, I believe his mom is, so it was in Italy, it's only his mom that lives in like, the family house. So yeah. he's because he's he's been told that you're going to be working at home for twelve weeks. So he's thinking, would it be better for me to go home for twelve weeks if I'm not going to be able to leave the house yeah. here anyway, just to be with family or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I keep hearing all sorts of rumors and stuff, but it seems like people are saying that the strain of the virus they're getting there must be more vicious because um, the deaths are going through the roof every day. I think was it last yesterday they had six hundred odd new deaths. Yeah, it's just um, it's mad. It is crazy, um, yeah. I think it's just um, 
like we were speaking earlier this week, I think we've accepted summer is just not going to be a thing <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> we might get the weather, but like, you know, not meant to, not meant to go out or anything. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, we can't go to Glastonbury anymore. Um, no. We both had to this one that are completely cancelled. I reckon they're going to cancel yeah. Pride as well. There's no way they're going to, like, there's no way they're going to cancel Glastonbury and keep, oh, keep the Pride going. Yeah, I think it's, it's like as time moves on, so month by month, or month, so the things that happen month by month are going to get cancelled in that order, it seems. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to come to London for Easter with some friends. Um, we've cancelled that. But we've got a full refund from Airbnb, which is good. Full refund, full refund from Airbnb. I think the train... Um, LNER, the train servers are given full refunds as well. Um, I was supposed to fly to Germany uh, Friday coming. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's been cancelled. I can get a full refund for that. So I mean, it, it might well as long as, as long as I can keep my job, it would actually it would actually be good for my pocket. Oh yeah, but, of course. <laughs> nobody, I don't know how much longer. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with work, and I think a lot of people are in that position, or even worse positions, where they've just been already let go. Already yeah, sacked. that that awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because I'm predicting a well, not really predicting like a kind of analyzed it, but it's going to be tough economic times ahead. If it's going to slump, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think all we all we can do is try and stay positive and just take precautions and just go through because we can't. It's not the kind of thing that can be reversed overnight. It's going to take time. Um, yeah, and we have to be resilient. Yeah. yeah. No, it is like it's just it's just a complete madness. And like, do you feel like you're in? Sorry, go on, not go on. I was like, do you feel like you're in like some surreal movie? It does. Because this is kind of <laughs> <laughs> this kind of stuff. You see films where like the world's going to end and there's something tragic happening. And in our generation, our lifetimes, we've not had anything like this. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, can't really compare it to the to the war. People are comparing it to the Second World War, which there's some similarities, but it's obviously nowhere near as devastating. But mm-hmm. it's just the. Um, it's complete loss of freedom and yeah. the lack of social contact, which is really strange. And um, it's just, and it kind of, it's just the way changing the way that like people move, like a whole mass of people move with society. Like every mm. every weekday, everyone gets up out of their beds, they get, um, they leave, they get in the car into public transport, they get to work, they work in a in a crowd of people, then they go home again, and like, we just can't do that anymore. So like. It's having mm. like big, like widespread changes, and we don't know how long those changes are going to happen for. Yeah, they, what, what was um, Boris saying yesterday? That isolation measures would be at least six months. I think it's pretty consistent of months social isolation. That's not social, sorry, not, sorry, not social isolation. I keep getting self isolation, social. I keep getting self self isolation and social distancing. I keep getting them mixed up, but yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to some friends yesterday, and I was like. Do you want to do anything over the weekend? I was like, we could go to the park. I was like, as long as we're keeping a meter away from each other and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to be outdoors. Um, I think that's okay at this stage. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just on the lookout uh, for any any um, any kind of spinning any symptoms of any kind. Yeah. It's, that, it's a case of yeah. If you ha- if you get any symptoms, mm-hmm. if you get symptoms, then like take government advice and self isolate for um, for fourteen days. Or oh, well, you're by yourself, so you don't have to do seven days. So isolate yourself for seven days, but don't worry mm-hmm. any more than that. 
because I've been exactly. hearing, I've been hearing now that like obviously because we know um, we know other symptoms, and they are those symptoms are indicative of so many things like having a dry cough, yes. for instance. And so what I'm hearing now is that like people like have developed a cough, like maybe maybe I don't know for an afternoon, and they're like mm-hmm. seriously panicking that they've got coronavirus now because of that. And it's just, it basically, it's like health anxiety en masse. Because if you, I know, yeah. if you're on the lookout for a symptom, then you're, then you're already going to be like super vigilant for it. So if there's any difference in like your temperature, you will notice it to a way higher degree than you would have done before that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. um, with the cough, it's, uh, they said it, a, a persistent dry cough. And I don't think I've really had a dry cough before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the main difference. And then, let's say a fever. I think either if you get the fever, it's going to be flu of some sort anyway. So mm-hmm. you, you want to keep out of people's way. Yeah. Um, I've seen it through a few threads on Twitter about people who have, who have had it and recovered and they've described what it's like. And it, it does sound pretty grim. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're sort of relatively young and healthy and able-bodied, it's fine. But again, it's just the, um, you don't want to be passing on to the more vulnerable people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look out for any new symptoms, essentially. I think I'm, I'm blessed that I'm, I live in a part of the country, which is obviously it's a city, but it's not as... I'm, I don't want to... Again, I, don't, I really don't want to say I'm scared of but I'm so glad I don't live in London right now because there's people everywhere. And that's my worst time. <laughs> in, at a time like this, just um, trying to get space and not be around people. Um, yeah. We'll have to just um, see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So interestingly, so actually, um, I've deleted all my apps. So like Grinder, Tinder, Hinge, like all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm having like a month's detox from them. Yeah. So like, have you been on it still, like Grinder? Um. Yes, but I'm, I spend a lot of time on it anyway. But just I'm not not too much this week. But I'm not. There's no one going to meet anyone. It's just, just a chat. It's <laughs> like. People they're talking to people trying to link up on LinkedIn. What part of social distance do you do you not understand? Like, I feel like, but I feel like Kieran, like the rest of the country is not taking it as seriously as you are. <laughs> like I, I can promise you. Then, then not. I mean, it's it's going to vary from place to place. But if you're someone, anyone who watches the news on any kind of regular basis, you, I don't know. I don't know if people have just been not really paying attention to announcements that are being made. But we're getting several messages every day saying that you know this is serious but it's weird just i saw like an excellent thread on twitter from an nhs doctor and he was just devastated he was just really down and depressed that people weren't taking it seriously he was saying that you know if this this shit's really going to hit the fan in a few weeks time or a few months time and it'll be too late by then because if it's like even if it doesn't kill a lot of people there they'll still need to be in intensive care units and that's just it's just going to be more like it's going to be capacity that NHS doesn't have to like look after the sick. Yeah. In Italy, they've been in they've been in situations in Italy where they've literally had to choose who lives and who dies because there's not enough of vital yeah. equipment to go around. Yeah. And that's what that's what Boris has been talking about all week. Him and the what chief medical officer, chief scientific officer, and they've had a few others this week. I think that's what I'm kept as upset with the daily press conferences uh, as mm-hmm. before. But what they're trying to do. They've accepted that it's going to be widespread, but they just want to try and lessen the burden on the NHS and try and spread out, you know, the, the we're trying to avoid an influx of 
lots of people at one time, but mm-hmm. you need the NHS. Mm-hmm. So it's um, I don't know. You, I, and that's it. You don't want to sound like doom and gloom, like oh, the world's no end. But it's yeah. just the the flip side is people are just being so cavalier about it, and it's it's yeah. really not the time to be casual about it. Like yeah, I can't even lie though. Like I said, I mean, I know it's like it's serious. It is. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it is like I get. I do get the gravity of the situation. I don't know, man. I just, I think before, I've definitely been in a bit of a denial on, like, how bad it is or it could get. Mm-hmm. Our numbers are so much lower than Italy's. So in the back of my mind, I'm was like, it won't get, like, it won't get that bad. Um, people aren't going to listen until they start seeing others drop dead, essentially, as morbid as that oh, sounds. Yeah. That's what it, I, I feel like, because people can't see the effect of it, they don't take it seriously. Yeah. But when we're getting when we're getting these daily death tolls like Italy are, day upon day, hundreds of people dying, then yeah. maybe then people will start to realise that, you know, when we were telling to social distance, we weren't fucking about like, you know, it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be too late by then. I hope I hope I'm wrong, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to I think we just we just have to keep strong and positive. Like I think it's a case of staying positive. Staying connected with people around you and your loved ones and just taking precautions because we can't stop it from spreading mm-hmm. completely, but we can we can prevent it from spreading as fast and we can like take personal responsibility. Yeah. And you know, and try and live and be happy and all that shit as well. <laughs> Despite <laughs> conditions. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> as long as like people like um I mean, you do you talked on it before. Obviously, like a lot of people will have a problem with like having to like almost forcibly stay in the house and not being able to go out mm. and interact with people, like that does have like a big impact. So I think people like that, it's more important that like you do things to keep your mental health in check, like where you can maybe if you are still able to go for a walk, you go for a walk. And obviously like mm. um, still keep the social distancing rules, but make sure you're getting like at least some air in your lungs. You have um, a good, a good, strong network of people who you can um, go to support. So if you're feeling any type of way, they can help you out. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, like you're still doing the basics, still staying hydrated, still like trying to have like um, a healthy, balanced diet, even for all this, and like to come up with things to do. Man, like now that we're all just in our houses, it's a good time to like learn a hobby. Like I've got my clarinet, like sitting there. I haven't played for ages, and now mm. would be a great time to do so. I started cook, like I started cooking more, getting cooking all Caribbean dishes that I said I was gonna make and never made before. Oh so, yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just a case, yeah. It's just a case of like, yeah, just like see, like see it more as an opportunity for you to do something that you wouldn't have done before, rather than focusing. I definitely think that as well. Mm. I'm definitely feeling that too. To get some language learning down. I was supposed to go to Japan in September of this year. Ask you about that's, that. yeah, you said- that's definitely not going to happen now. Um, a few weeks ago, like the group of people going, so out of the group of us that were planning to go, only I bought my flights. I bought my flights in, would have been about the 14th of January. So I knew about coronavirus back then, but it was still very much something that was going on in the other part of the world. Obviously, yeah. things have changed a lot since then. Um, but when I booked them, uh, I thought, oh, this will be fine. Let me just book the flights for now and forget about it. As time was, while other people weren't booking because 
I think one because they couldn't find the right price, and also because the coronavirus was growing, it was becoming a bigger and bigger threat. Um, and then we all just had a discussion in the group chat the other day, and I, I just started off saying, "No one's talking about it," but I feel like either this is going to go on for a long time, and we're going to have to cancel, or by the time it dies down, we won't have enough time to plan for. September. This was this was yeah. like before things got drastic. It was like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just like, let's just go in 2021, like maybe autumn 2021. Put it from our mind. I'm assuming that my flights will get cancelled and refunded later, further down. Like if they don't, I'll just rebook them for next year. But at the moment, I th- you know, when I travelled so much last year, and I don't yeah. need to travel less this year. And I feel like the decisions being made for me haven't yeah. been, I spent as much money. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's the truth. But, like, that is yeah. the truth. I think they'll have more time to learn Japanese anyway. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get myself stuck into hobbies, like you were saying. Yeah. I'm just worried about Glastonbury, to be honest with you. Everything else could have been cancelled. And like, I, I knew it was coming, like the Glastonbury cancellation. Yeah. It just, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's whatever. I think two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I wasn't so sure whether they cancel it or not. But now, um, in the developments over the last, like, let's say, seven days, yeah, and it's inevitable. And also, if if it wasn't cancelled, if it somehow went ahead, it wouldn't feel right either. It would yeah. feel really. I was like, you feel like you're not supposed to be, be you're not supposed to be there. Um, I would. Hope the lineup is isn't going to differ too much um, between this. There will be changes, year. man. There we'll inevitably see. will be. Yeah. Def- there, there definitely will be changes, but as long as my people are there. But yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. I'll have to see. Like I think, like we said before, the, I'm not even too fussed about the big, big headliners half the time. It's usually. The ones who are like maybe one stage down below the headliners. Like usually the massive names aren't usually who on flat. But there's something for everyone, pretty much, if, you, if you're into the music. But well, that's the thing. Like, obviously, people go to Glastonbury for different reasons. So, like, some people just go just to get fucked mm-hmm. up in a field for like five days, basically. There was one guy that we used to work with that said, mm-hmm. in the first year that you went, from 2017, the only live act that he saw mm. was Sheik. He saw that he saw Sheik, and that was it. And the rest of the time, he just he just like basically took drugs the entire time, and that was his Glastonbury experience. Those chills. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, like you could ask five people who went to the same Glastonbury, like what happened, and you could get like five completely different stories on what on what went on. Obviously, like you and I, mm. like, like we we go for the music. Like I go so I can see live music basically and you can see pretty much like mm. the best live acts from the past year at least in the uk like the best live acts from that past yeah. year like the music that we produced are in all in one place so it's perfect for, for people like us that's what i'm that's that that's kind of like part of the reason why i'm a bit gutted like obviously um like gastonbury like off not being going to gastonbury is very minor in the whole microcosm of the coronavirus thing but it is nice to have something to talk yeah. to you in the summertime. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, not, but you probably won't have to the same That's been like. cancelled. Um, yeah, I've, obviously, I, I've mixed feelings with Lovebox, but that's not going to happen either, I don't think. That's, is that before Glastonbury this year? It's after. It's, it's usually after. after. Yeah. Oh, it's after. It's in July. Okay, right. Yeah. I think it was in June for some reason. 
Um, yeah, summer's just going to be. Uh, I'm sure, like you can have barbecues and stuff, but it, it all the big events will be cancelled. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm just I'm I'm at the moment I'm I think I'm fairly upbeat about things for the most part. I'm just I'm just trying to be realistic and I'm kind of hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. Yeah, but, um, yeah. We're not if whatever measures need to be done to stay safe, we're going to have to take them. Um, yeah, and it's not really much we can do about it. Just try and stay happy. I guess it's true. I think it's time for a personal growth and toughening up. As well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen, like, I mean, I know you've seen them, man, like, people going fucking wild, man. Like, um, every time, like, on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on the seeing people, like, there was one I saw, you know, like, the supermarkets, like, um, one after. Yeah. Yeah, like, one after. It was like, you know, the Lion, you know, the Lion King, when, like, the stampede happened, where, like, the <laughs> It's literally like that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, they were just opening their doors and it was literally, as in, like, people tramping over other people to get into the, get into the shop to go and stockpile. Mm. I saw that one. That was... Items of all I think that was in Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't even know. That, it's, it's awful. It's awful because um, I've not seen it so much up here, but like I said, it's not as populated up here. And I think people are a bit calmer as well. To, to stereotype, but <laughs> um, <laughs> well, be seen, I've been seeing people post on social media, and there'll be an entire aisle, and literally every shelf is stripped bare. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole toilet roll nonsense is, I I literally think that's just like herd mentality. They saw mm-hmm. other people elsewhere were holding toilet roll. I think, oh, let's us do the same, because you can't tell me that there's not enough toilet roll to go around. And yeah, even if everyone bought a big, a large multi pack each or bought what they needed, there'd still be something left over. But yeah, the toilet roll thing, everyone's it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> people are buying toilet roll like they can eat it, like they can survive on it. Like, um, like exactly. one roll of toilet roll is gonna is gonna cure coronavirus when it isn't. It doesn't make sense. It's just, I, it, it's stupid. It actually, like, I find it, like, so stupid, man. Like, All the supermarkets are saying that they've got enough, um, that the supply chain's healthy and that there's enough food for everyone if everyone just does a normal shopping. Yeah. So I think everyone, everyone, most people shop, like, let's say, once a week, once a four, right? And mm-hmm. they've got enough food for what they need. So why, <laughs> why... <laughs> Are we getting to the point where the, the supermarkets get clean that every single day? I don't know. Because when the lockdown's happening in France and Italy and whatnot, it might be more inconvenient to shop, but the shops aren't closing. Yeah. They just um, they regulate how many people can go in at one time and stuff like that. But even in, like even if we were locked down to the same extent that they are in um, France, uh, Italy, and Spain, you can still go to the shops. Like they still let you go to the supermarket. So like exactly. I don't understand. What is, right, what is wrong with people? I think people are acting like the shop's going to close and that's it. For yeah. the next year or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it, really, it really gets on nerves. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, was it one of my, one of my brothers, Handy Tippy said that if you look for fruit and veg, try Waitrose and Marks and Spencers because people tend to overlook those places and go for like Asda, same mm-hmm. as Tesco and like done out all the fruit and veg. Yeah. So um, I've... I've got the only thing I've stockpiled is um, pasta and rice. Right. Um, and you know what was, what was really good? Because I only ever have whole wheat pasta. 
a lot of yeah. people don't eat whole wheat pasta. So when I when I went there, even the shells were pretty, like you know, there. There was lots of brown pasta left, so I just grabbed it up. And I, right, yeah. That was, but that was four packets of five hundred five hundred grams. So I didn't feel shocking like, about doing that. I didn't think that was yeah. extra or anything. But yeah. Apart from that, I've just been doing my normal shopping and making sure the cupboards are full. Um, and I'm just trying to. I want to be in a situation where you have to shop like once a week. Because I usually, my style is to go every other day and get a little bit each time rather yeah. than go and do like one massive shop. But it doesn't seem to be practical if you're trying to stay away from people now. So, yeah. We'll see. Like, this is a good time to get our, get our cooking, like I said, like get our cooking done. Mm. I've got, um, no. got mm-hmm. meat marinating in my fridge. So I'm going to make some uh, <laughs> rice and peas and chicken tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, the, gun, the, the, whole, the full hug, whatever it is, the whole hug, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, right, we should get back on track with this podcast thing. <laughs> We've just mm. been chatting. <laughs> oh, to be fair. Oh, um, oh, we had a homework assignment this week, didn't we? Uh, yes, we did. I had... <laughs> Um, hold so, on, before we before we do that, I'm gonna get up the um, get up the. So we got our very first um, diet message DM. Like it wasn't our first mm-hmm. one, but it was the first one to actually do with the podcast, where someone wanted us to talk about like an issue. Yeah. So um, I will read it. I'll read it out to you. Just give me a second. So yeah. So I'm not sure if I should say their name. I'm not gonna say the name, but I'll just say. Um, they say mm-hmm. enjoying the podcast. Um, yeah, so he said that he doesn't know if we've had the mis- misfortune of accidentally getting addicted to Love Is Blind on Netflix. Um, if we have, then he'd love to hear us discuss Carlton and the way he deals with his sexuality. And he's saying that he's opened up a lot of debates and it might go down well on um, on our podcast here. So, yes, right. Just to give some more context, um, Carlton is one of the contestants, you'd say, maybe, on mm-hmm. Netflix's Love is Blind. It's a new reality TV show by Netflix. Um, it's like a dating show. And the premise is um, that they basically round up a series of men, a series of women. They isolate them, mm-hmm. so they, they, put, they keep them in separate, um, in separate places. They sequester them away from each other. And they're supposed to find love. They're supposed to find basically like a partner, so when you're going to marry, at the end of the, um, end of the experiment, as they call it. So they set up dates with each of them, but they do it behind like a wall, so you can't see the person. All you can do is talk to them. Mm-hmm. And it tries to test the, um, test the theory, like, is love blind? No. Yeah. Mm. I've watched like every episode. Like, I want to say, I just want to um, say like that I'm well aware that the show is trash. Like, it's interesting because um, I heard a lot. Of, well, I spent a lot of time on Twitter, as I probably said a million times, but I heard a lot of people talking about it, tweeting and stuff. Um, I deliberately avoided it because it was it kind of was happening at the same time with Love Island, and I avoided Love Island this year as well. But when you made me aware of uh, the message we got um, on the Instagram account. Yeah. Uh, I've just watched the one episode in isolation. So it was episode four, wasn't it? Yeah. I haven't watched anything before or after it, but it was kind of thing where I didn't need too much context to pick, at the time to pick up what was happening quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was, obviously the highlight was the argument that happens between Diamond, Diamond and, and Carlton. And Carlton, yeah. 
as I understand, they got to know each other quite well to the point where he's proposed to her. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then it's, at some point, I think it's after the proposal, he's told that he is bisexual and that hadn't been mentioned at any point. Yeah. Prior. So, Carlton, so that was the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton describes himself, so he doesn't use the term, he doesn't use the term bisexual. He just says he's fluid, like sexually fluid. But I think like, what he means to say by that is that like, he's been with men and with women. Mm. And obviously, because I think, I'm not sure what the time frame is, because they, so they start off in the pods, they call them, where they do those dates. And they spend time there and they get to know each other. They get to know each other well enough, even though it's literally only like, what, 10 days or so. Get to know yeah. each other well enough that, some, that one of them will get down on their knees and propose to them. So that's mm. what happened there. And all the way through the courtship phase, um, Carlton never said anything about his sexuality to Diamond, never said one thing about it. Mm. So the only time she found out or she told her was when they were on that holiday in Mexico that he, was, uh, that he had been in a relationship with men. Oh yeah, so what was his, well, what was, what was the, the words he used was like, some kind of like PR stuff. <laughs> he came out with, I've been with uh, both the genders, he said. That, yeah. Those were his words, I think. Um, which uh, I don't even the way he sprays that it sounds like he kind of knew it was a delicate topic or he he felt himself it was a delicate topic um, and from what I understand they I'm not sure what happened that night but they've, they've obviously had a discussion by the pool the next day to like yeah. clear the air and go over things so, and it, it turned did, into an argument and it just, yeah. <laughs> so, did, so did you get to see when he actually came out to her, was that in the episode or was that the one before? It showed you like a, it showed you like a quick flashback in the episode I watched. Right, okay. Um, but we obviously not, I can't really get the feel of it properly from like yeah. Um, quick, watching yeah. like watching that on TV. Oh, it's hard. Like it's hard. It's basically watching someone come out. Essentially, is mm. what is what it is. Like this guy, he's engaged to this woman. He hasn't told her about his sexuality. He's telling her then. But the way he was, like, the, from the way he was on, like, when he told her, basically he told her what had happened. And she reacted with a fair amount of confusion. And I think that one of the mm. first things that she said is that, like, what happens if you go like, down the line and you feel like you need to be with a man again or whatever? And obviously, mm. like, it's not quite, it's not, I don't think it's quite like that. But when he was coming out, I remember him, like, turning away from her and, like, being, being like, like, shielding his face kind of and he was like crying mm. and that kind of like let me know that like to him at least there is like a certain amount of shame in it mm. yeah and a certain amount of like him not being comfortable or at least him not being comfortable with it like being out there in the open as it is. and this is yeah see there's quite a few things going on because there's the kind of the shame that he's feeling there which i think a lot of us have probably felt about from our homosexuality but when she has said to him about you weren't honest at the beginning, yeah, he's he's kind of he said things along the lines of that he didn't want to tell her because well he didn't say he didn't say the explicit words, but the impression I was getting was he he basically said to her I, I didn't want to tell you because it might take how you think about me or you might have a certain reaction 
Yeah. Also, he's also tried to act like it was a small issue and didn't matter. He also yeah. said that no one else has cared about it in the past. And I find all those comments questionable, but he's said. I um, don't think, yeah. I'm not sure if that's what he said. But like he definitely, I don't think I'm not. I'm not think he would downplay. I'm not sure when 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 I watched it when I watched the argument or when it was like unfolding into an argument. It wasn't. To mm. me, it didn't seem to me like he was downplaying it. It just seemed to me as if like when he told her he there's only one reaction that he wanted her to have, and when she wasn't reacting the way that he wanted her to, he started just to shut it down because it seemed like to, to him what she was saying was her rejecting him. Whereas I I don't think that's the case. What what she was saying was her just trying to come into an understanding with him. But because mm. like I feel like because it, it I felt like it was his own insecurities, his own dare I say it like I I don't know if there's mm. like a bit of like internalized homophobia that was just coming out like in that mm. moment. That's why he started like act like just acting wild the way that he was because in his mind he'd already rejected him kind of, and I don't think that yeah. was the case for her. She was saying that he was he hadn't been basically hadn't been real with her, like saying we've yeah. gotten to the point where you you proposed to me, we're getting ready to like get married, spend our lives together, and you haven't mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because like, obviously I had to have a quick look on Twitter to see what people were saying. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so, and I, th- I think the probably the most balanced opinion I could see that people were kind of seeing faults on both sides. I think the burden of the main burden was what he did. I think like the main like sort of. Um, Blame, I think, is because I think just on paper it, it looks deceitful because something like that, why wouldn't it even come up in conversation prior to that, even if you didn't want to be? Yeah, but I feel like you have to actually go away for that not to come up in conversation. And yeah. also, people saying, Oh, it's you know, it's biphobia from her, she was pretending that she that the issue was the honesty part, but really, it's the fact she doesn't want to be with a bisexual person, so she's homophobic and biphobic. And I don't know, it's 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 a bit of a messy situation. It is. Um, the thing is, I ha- think, yeah. personally, so, um, obviously it was over two days. I don't, I'm not sure how it was actually meal time, but over two days. He told her, they went to bed, they woke up again, they went to the poolside to have a conversation about it, and then they just blew mm. off. But, um, mm. what I'm going to say, but, yeah, but the, the point that Diamond made in that, like, you didn't tell me, it was, um, yeah, it was like a bit deceitful or like you should have told me from before. I don't think I can really argue with that. Because like it is like, obviously it is salient information that she wanted to know, that like she would have wanted to know. Mm. And, then, and it was, and obviously he hid it for a reason because he would have just come out there, come right out there with it if, um, if he didn't feel some type of way about it. Yeah. So in the whole like debate on like like biphobia or whatever, like whether Diamond is homophobic or biphobic or whatever, I don't personally think that she that that she is or at least not intending to be. That point that she made that like she should have he should have told her for I think is is a fair comment to be honest with you. I think if there's someone that you want to get married to that you want to spend the rest of your life with, people want to know that information, Mm. and I feel like. It's withdrawing a part of yourself if you don't. Yeah. It's that's so you have to go out of your way for that to not have come up in the conversation. Yeah. And if you I'm 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 struggling to remember his exact words, but I'm I'm sure it was something I'm sure well the gist I was getting is that he was saying that I didn't tell you because 
I thought, well, it's, it's, it came across to me that he was saying, I didn't tell you because I thought you would judge me. Yeah. Or have a negative opinion was, yeah. of me. Yeah. And even if he thinks that, him saying that to her after when she is obviously not happy that it was hidden from her is trash. Like, you can't then. Because yeah. she said to him during the argument, she was like, you've turned, you've turned this around, that, that, that you're the victim here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to kind of get things together with himself first. Yeah, he yeah. kind of seems a bit like you know. If I, I kind of seem a little on myself because I feel like if I went headlong into a relationship, I do have like you know internalized homophobic problems myself. Yeah, so it wouldn't be the same situation that he's got there, but I could see it causing similar or similar issues or similar snags because I'm not completely comfortable in who I am. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I was. When, when you saw that heated argument, I was like, it's, it's a good job they had the argument because Matt had gotten married. Like, yeah. like <laughs> you can see right then, it's, it, was, it wasn't, they weren't compatible. It started off fairly calm. I think he was on the defensive from the beginning. Yeah. Um, then she got a bit heated. Then he ended up calling her, what was it, a bitch? Um, yeah. He, called, yeah. He, said she, he said she was stereotypical. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And thought like it felt um, no weak and stuff. He said something, yeah, he said something like, oh, I, this is why I don't fuck with bitches like you. I'm thinking, that's, yeah, that's come on. Yeah. You got no, like, you, you had barely, like, said no, at the beginning of this, like, now, like, come on. Like. Yeah, it's the truth, yeah. Very entertaining, though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the show, like, the show altogether, like, it is, like I said, it is trash TV, but it is so mm. entertaining. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna watch it, but I think episode yeah. I think that episode was enough for me. But it was interesting um, to uh, I don't know to, to dip my toes into this particular series for that. But, but I think episode four is is, is enough because I can yeah. see me getting. I like reality TV. A lot of people like reality TV. I can see me getting sucked into it. And I've got other things I want to watch right now. So yeah, <laughs> I don't but know. It's, yeah. That was interesting. It was it was that, interesting. It's like it's kind of like um, exposed some like the situation with Diamond and with Carlton have exposed mm-hmm. some like may I don't want to say biphobia, but like definitely like some insecurities in me, which I think we've spoken about yeah. before. Like um, if I was dating someone and they're bisexual. I think that in the back of my mind, I all I've always think that like we're gonna be together now, but we're only gonna be together until you find like a woman that you wanna be with. Yeah, well, let's let's get into this one set. I need to just adjust my chair. Sure. Right. So it's interesting. So you think that with yourself, it would be the worry that are you, are you as a man gonna be enough for them because they like both genders. It's not necessarily um, that, like, I don't know that I'm enough. It's, it's, the, it's the case that, like, we could be in a relationship. Like, let's say, like, I, I don't know, I talk to someone, we get along, we're in a relationship, it's just the two of us. Our, like, us being in a relationship is just going to be so much harder for this person, and even for us, than it will be if we just would be the woman. If that makes mm. sense. So, like, why would you go through all that to be with me when you could literally just, like, you could just um, find a woman, you know, all the all those societal things you would have ticked off. And that, I and wouldn't necessarily, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I don't, that's not something that would come to my mind. I think just because we live in the West in 
in what is a fairly accepting country. Yeah. I think they wouldn't, they've got the option to have that either path to go from one, but I think a lot of people that would just come down, it would come down to who they liked. And if they like you, they'd be willing for, you know, to take whatever comes with that if, as being somebody who's like recognizably queer. I sometimes think as well, because there's definitely, there is definitely biphobia like from straight people and from gay people. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think they get it from all sides, why, um, why bisexual people do. Yeah. And I think, I'm just hypothesizing here, but I think part of it might be, I don't want to say feeling of jealousy, but maybe a slight feeling of resentment that someone who's bisexual, they can choose in a, in a sense when they want to fit in and when they don't. Yeah. So as in, they've always got the option that they can, they can leave like a seemingly heterosexual life. If you see a bisexual person in a heterosexual relationship, you know, for, for most people who look at them casually, they're going to see a straight person. So they kind of have that kind of, I don't want to say privilege, but it is kind of a privilege. Like, um, yeah. And there is a stereotype that exists that a bisexual person is promiscuous. They don't know what they want. They're a bed hopper, which I think is silly. Obviously, you don't think like that. I don't think like that. Yeah. For me, now my interesting hot take on this is that <laughs> God. because of my... <laughs> Because of my internal homophobia, which I am working on, I think a bisexual person is kind of on the way to a straight person, which kind of turns me on that they're bi. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it's like a, an attraction built out of self-loathing. It's really, really fucked up. I think that's that's how I feel in my head. Like I'm being honest oh. of myself. You should appreciate that being real lazy. Like, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, on this issue, I would say that we're both toxic, but we're toxic for different reasons. <laughs> I oh, like, I fully accept. Um, for I like oh, yeah, I fully accept, and I'm fully um, I fully recognise that like my attitude towards like people who identify being bisexual is problematic, and I would say that it's wrong. And I'm working to change it. But mine, it doesn't turn me on that, like, this person could be straight or whatever. I just think that, like, I don't understand, like, I, like, like, it's a bit of my internalised homophobia coming out. But I don't understand how, like, a bisexual person, how we could really have a proper committed relationship mm-hmm. with us being two men when you could just as easily go for the easier option and do it with a woman, do the same thing with a woman. Why would you do that? So do you think, about, I don't want to try and put words in your mouth, but do you, do you maybe think that you wouldn't see them as being genuinely serious about yeah. a relationship with you? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, all, that's from also, a personal standpoint. And I think what sometimes people might call biphobia is just a byproduct of heterosexual people, or well, a lot of heter- heterosexual people will, will, will want to be with someone who is heterosexual like them. Yeah. And a lot of hom- homosexual people will, will, will be want to be with someone who's homosexual like them as well. Yeah. And uh, maybe if if that if the exclusion is what you would call biophobia, biophobia is very much a byproduct. It's not them saying, "Oh, never they are biphobic as well," but it's just knowing what they like and having a preference. Mm, so it's. Yeah. I think you you can technically say it's biophobia, but I I'm very much of the opinion that people can be as discriminatory as they want when it comes to who they have sex with, who they have relationships with. It might be distasteful, but Essentially, it's, it's down to that person's choice. You can't legislate who people are going to fancy and who they're going to like. 
but like with me, I like whenever I start feeling this way, I always have a think about like why do I feel this way? And mm. on this issue, like I've thought about it, this is a conclusion that I've come to. And these conclusions are problematic. Like they they're born out of, like I said, of internalized homophobia. Why would someone want to be with a gay person when you could be with a straight person? So it's almost it's almost me feeling that like I'm less than somebody else, which is I do not mm. want to be I do not want to be thinking. So Can I ask you Yeah. Go on, yeah, ask Can I ask you a hypothetical question. Um yeah. if you were in diamond situation but in reverse, so if you were if you've been seeing a guy Mm-hmm. You got quite serious, and then he told you, obviously not before engagement, but because obviously love is blind, love is blind is like a manufactured situation. We engage very quickly, but if you were with a guy, you got serious with him, and then yeah. further down the line, he all he said that you know he'd been with lots of women in the past before. How would you feel about that? I wouldn't be happy with it. I wouldn't be happy at mm. all. I didn't, and it's not it's not that he'd been in relationship with women. Is that you didn't say before? You didn't, you didn't say anything before. Yeah. Um, but if but similarly, not, yeah, go on. But similarly, if if you knew he was bi from the beginning, would I? I have, think you. Yeah. I think you, you. You would you give him a chance? You say would you give him a fair chance, or would you be skeptical from the get go? And what do you think? Do you think you could change your mind? I would like to think that I would be open minded from the start, but being honest with myself, being realistic. I've, I'm not saying that I would write it off, write anything off. I'm not saying that. But if I'm being uh-huh. honest with myself, I think that I would have some reservations about the person. Like, let's say if it would take me like three months to date someone and things like, yeah, you're a person that I want to be with. If you're bisexual, mm. it might take me four or five months. Because mm. I would, like, I'd just be insecure that like, like I said, this is just, so, this is just like, an experiment for you, just like something that you can do. Yes, you, recreational, yeah. Yeah, before yeah. you hop, up, hop back over to Straightville. And I know you shouldn't think that way mm. because it's not like, oh, I'm going to be gay now, I'm going to be straight then. It's not like that, but it's just, I don't know, like I said, it's, I feel like if you're going to choose to be in a, in a homosexual relationship, you're choosing to have more obstacles than you could do with just a straight relationship. And I don't understand why someone would want to make that choice if you can. Yeah. It's interesting because I, um, I'm in a position where I can see why people think that. And I don't, I don't look at it and think, oh, that's problematic. I look at it and think, oh, that's a fair reservation to have. Um, yeah. But then, is that biphobic? I don't know. I think it, it it doesn't make me good. It doesn't make me good to think that way, and it doesn't make me good to say that, like to say that out loud. Like I'm not proud of, I'm not proud of what of like of the mm. way that I think about this sort of thing. I'm just trying to like be honest and open and transparent. Yeah, and you've got. I think the the thing that you can have above everything else is self awareness. Yeah, it's like you know why you feel that way. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting if we had like someone who was bisexual, like as a guest on the program. Yeah, but I w- I wouldn't want to turn it into like a kind of interrogation. Of course, tell us all about bisexuals because yeah. obviously I think because it's strange because homosexuality you exclusively like men, heterosexuality you exclusively like women. Oh, I'm talking about from from a, from a male perspective, and mm-hmm. um, you exclusively like the same sex, same gender. Mm-hmm. But with bisexuality, I don't. It's going to vary from person to person. It's not always going to be a fifty fifty split down the middle. There might be more inclined one way than the other. But it might even, change quite a lot. It's but, it's. But even like if you identify as just being straight or gay, it's not just like it's not always just clear cut. 
it's just that there's like a strong preference you would say yeah it's not because you might you know some people can quite can be have a fair amount of fluid fluids in their sexuality but mm-hmm. i know for a fact that I would never have one-on-one sex, one on one sex with a woman. Like it would never cross my mind. And yeah. I find plenty of men who would only, they would never entertain the idea of being with another man. Yeah, it's true. So but I think, like, if that's the case, then like, because you know there is the Kinsey scale. I know. Yeah, but I think if you can say, if, especially for gay people as well, for us to say I am hundred percent, well, not even percent. If you if you if you identify as a gay person, because I'm gay, then the idea of sleeping with women would it would never be more than like experimenting mm-hmm. if you thought you could have genuine romantic in like romantic feelings for someone of the opposite sex and yeah. and your own sex you would never you wouldn't just call yourself gay would you like i feel like if we call ourselves gay we definitely know what we like yeah and any kind of like, like deviation from that would be more of an experiment or just a, oh it just happened in the moment kind of thing yeah like, i could go out if i slept with a woman i wouldn't start calling myself bisexual i'd just still call myself gay like um, yeah the same but like, but I think that's fair. But like, if there's a woman, for instance, that you are attracted to, and you do have sex with them, and if you like have, if you enjoy it at the time, I still think you can say that you're gay. But it's just that, like, like I said, it's just not like a hard and fast thing. So mm-hmm. um, maybe as like, if you use it in percentages, you like ninety percent, and this one woman is like the ten percent of attraction that you have, or whatever to use like to use it in arbitrary terms. And then once and bisexuality when it comes to like seventy thirty or sixty five thirty five, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just bit, I'm just being silly for the listeners out there. But, um, yeah, it's but interesting. No, it is, yeah, it is interesting. It's um, it's uh, yeah, it's a subject that I don't really hear about actually as much, like in the in the whole LGBT spectrum kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, I think um, I was listening to a podcast actually, um, to the Seeds podcast, and one of them they were saying that like with men, like it's more socially acceptable for them to sleep around and to have more partners, whatever. But for yeah. women, it's more socially acceptable for them to like experiment with their sexuality more. So I think like mm. if a man were to. Uh, so if a woman were to like, I'd say, oh, I've been with men and women, whatever. I don't think, let's say, she's going into a straight or into a gay relationship, that wouldn't be as much of an issue. But as mm. like, um, as I guess, loving black lovers blind has been an example. Because other way around, if a man has said that, um, has like has revealed that he'd been with other men before to like a potential partner, that would be a sticking point. I oh, definitely because stigma is that. A man likes women. Any deviation from that isn't. He's not a real man. Or mm. you get up for so many people on Twitter. Like I don't say which faction on Twitter because you already know what I'm going to say. Before I, I'm not going to say. It, but like, on a certain part of Twitter, who would just if a man likes the same sex in any way, shape, or form, even if he's mainly with women, it's like always oh, gay. Right? Yeah, yeah. It kind of treat it treats straightness as like some kind of purity thing, and if there's one drop of something in it that's not straight, then yeah. it ruins the whole thing. And, and yeah. It's yeah, wild. Um, <laughs> sort of insecure. Have you watched? You watched Insecure? No, no, no. Um, oh my! I know the theme God. song because I love it. Pardon? So I know the theme song because I like Jasmine Sullivan so much, but I haven't actually watched it. Does it? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, does it? She's got a song called Insecure. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah. Yeah, sorry. By the way, if you haven't watched Intercure, you need to watch Intercure. That is my show. I love it so much. It's so funny. Anyway, okay. <laughs> one of the main characters, Molly, um, she's dating a guy. She's dating a guy and she really likes him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're talking one evening and they'll talk about like their wild, like sex stuff. And she told him that, like, oh, I've had sex with a, sex with a girl once when I was in college and whatever, and that was fine. And he said that, like, he hooked up with a guy. And once he's, when she said that, it was uh-huh. over. It was completely uh-huh. over. <laughs> Even though she'd done the same, if not, if not more than he, than he had done. The moment that, that left his lips, like, the, the rest of the attraction, like, just completely went. It's, 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 I don't know, it's like a widespread phenomenon, isn't it? Because the, t- the typical example I hear is that you'll get men who are homophobic, but will have, so the idea of two men together is disgusting, but they'll have no problem with watching lesbian porn, for example. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, uh, I think it's just seen as mentioned like men. I think that's just a weird thing they have in their heads. That. Mm. Whereas women are... I think they think if there's two women together, it's kind of like, oh, it's just for fun. They're just playing around, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's, uh, and it's fucked up, to be honest with you. It's a double standard. It's silly as well. It's very silly. Like, yeah, it is. I can't see it going anytime soon. I mean, obviously, we can always try and chip away at it, but it's, it's, these things have been around probably as long as that achievements have been on Earth. The idea that, you know, men like men, a real man is there to impregnate a woman and start a family. Yeah. And like and be strong, blah blah blah. Like But that was like I mean, that's going back into like when we were like Neanderthals and stuff. And like you'd have to actually physically go out and provide. So mm. like go out and like be that hunter gatherer I'm saying in like inverted commas. Because the choice of life or death, yeah. Yeah. Like that hasn't been the case for centuries now. But these attitudes, mm. like these outdated attitudes, are still like they still prevail. They're still like they live on. Yeah, yeah, they live on. <laughs> they live on. <laughs> yeah, and I always think, especially like of people in our black community, I always say that like if you like if you say that you are so into like or um, black right black people, but you're homophobic, but like. Um, you're saying like fucking like um, bond gay people, all of that. Then, it, then that indicates to me that being straight is more important to you than being black. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's seen as it probably it stems from like you know religion, stems from like Christian teachings, from like nation of Islam teachings that you know homosexuality came from the white man. Yeah, and that you know, it's a ploy to break apart the black family black man, yeah. and yeah, it's you know what's weird. But sometimes I hear and I kind of I entertain it for a while in my head and think, nah, nah, not really. Homosexuality happens; it's been happening all over the globe. Yeah, exactly. Like, since the beginning of time, it's yeah. just always had. This has always had the stigma attached. To, well, not sorry, wait. It hasn't always had a stigma attached to it because I think Greeks in the in like ancient Greece, it was kind of it was accepted like mm-hmm. as like a recreational thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like sort of in the in the modern history of the West, it's always had that kind of uh, you know stigma attached to it. Yeah, in the last three hundred years. Yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, awful. I hope you get better. And actually, like um, mm-hmm. 
some stuff I um I think I've mentioned Positively Black before. That's like a, a platform for black people. And they mm-hmm. they do well with like intersectionality. So they will mm-hmm. mention like um queer people, like queer black people, and like even like transgender black people as well as like you know, like um uh, cisgender heterosexual ones. Because usually when yeah. we're in our spaces, we're talking about like black people with black experience. Um, us kind of being, I don't know, on like more marginalised, which kind of mm-hmm. get forgotten about. And like people always like talk about Black Lives Matter, but Black Lives Matter was was formed by two black queer women. So mm, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Patrice Collars and Alicia Garza, they're both queer women, and they're like at the like literally at the forefront of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like when, so yeah, so it's always interesting that when people are saying all of this, like saying Black Lives Matter, but then like calling people faggot and all this stuff, like yeah. people are saying that, and that's literally been built by black queer people. Because I've seen it, you know, when they had the All Lives Matter counter, which is just, I don't even want to get into that. Yeah. But I saw some black people combine and say all black lives matter to, yeah. to, um, to reinforce the point that you know there's a lot of diversity of sexualities and identities within the black mm-hmm. community. The community. It's not just it's yeah, it's not just about cisgender black men, heterosexual, yeah. heterosexual black men and stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, for sure. But no, so yeah, um, as we're getting towards the end of it, as you know, um, we always do um, a a spotlight, and in these testing times especially for um, us LGBT folk, um, I thought that I should um, draw attention to um, Switchboard, Switchboard LGBT plus helpline. Um, they're a non-profit organisation. Um, they were open from um, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm not sure if there's going to be a difference now because of the mm. uh, concern about coronavirus. But uh, yeah, and, and um, I actually, I met someone who volunteered with them and they talk about all sorts of things. It kind of like, have you heard of Samaritans? Yeah. It's kind of like Samaritans, but like with a focus on LGBT people. So mm-hmm. if you are struggling, if you have any questions, if you want to talk to someone, if you've, I don't know, any, any um, part of the experience that you've got and you, want, you need some advice, some support, then um, that's a really great place to go. Um, their number is um, 0300-330-0630 and um, you can email, so you can email chris at switchboard.lgbt or you can go on the website www.switchboard.lgbt for more information on them. Um, their link to it will be on, um, on, our, on our page anyway. And yeah, so like I said, it's like really great to have like to have support like this. People who have questions, who things they want to and they want to know about, things they want advice on that they wouldn't have done, that they wouldn't have got before. So I think that's just a thing for us to, mm. us to yeah, us to highlight for this episode. Are we going to put an Insta post up with like usual as well? We will, yeah, of course. Oh, well. Yeah, anyone who follows us on Instagram. Um, the uh, organisations or people that we highlight, there's usually an Instagram post that's dedicated solely to them. There will be one of them um, once we've uh, once we release this, this podcast that will give you kind of like the link, the signpost, and the things that you need um, if you need to get in contact with them for them. 
but for now we're um we're ready to wrap we're finished um That's we're right. black boy joy <laughs> yeah, first, hope you enjoyed the episode yeah it's <laughs> our first remote remote podcast quite possibly the first of many to come um, yeah. remember everyone to uh what's the, what's the advice wash your hands for 20 seconds regularly yeah. don't touch your face keep it at least a meter away from other people yeah and use your common sense Keep clean, keep hygienic, don't be nasty. We don't want the virus to spread to that. <laughs> Wash your hands, you dirty pig. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eric, <laughs> And um, obviously, like, everyone needs to keep looking out for each other, especially if you have elderly relatives, make sure they have what they need. Make sure that, um, that you're doing everything for them. Like, in terms like this, those who can should do something in their community, in their families. So the burden is not just all on one person. So yes, um, follow Black Boy Joy on Instagram um, at Black Boy Joy Podcast. Any um, any questions, comments, DMs? Any um, if you want to curse me or Kieran out, um, you can email us at blackboyjoypodcast at gmail dot com. The links to be this, please. At the end of this, <laughs> at the end of the episode, and yeah, like we be interested here. Like I want, I want to hear someone drag us to be honest with you. <laughs> I know, I would love that. <laughs> I think I our discussion on bisexuality it. wasn't um, inclusive enough or free-ranging or we sounded yeah. ignorant. Who knows? Actually, <laughs> one thing, I say, one of, I say that, but like, I do not want to be dragged on, on Black Twitter. What? <laughs> that is savage. I do not, yeah. yeah. I do not want to be trending and have people make memes about me. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apart from that, yeah, like, say what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much.